will fix you. Hello and welcome to We Will Fix You, a show that, <laughs> while technically a podcast, could, you know, be a, a cardigan or a collage or the Magna Carta, if only you believed it yourself, which you don't, which is why you're listening to us. Hello. Joining me tonight to share your disbelief is Clary Maguire, the Junior Minister for Farts. Former Junior Minister as of 46 seconds ago. Yes. Mr. H.J. Doom, Devon's foremost brick psychologist. Hello. And I am Roger Hart, the rarely discussed 735th member of Polyphonic Spree. If you would like us to help you or something else, why not write to wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com? or submit a question anonymously on our little webby sitey thingamy at hauntedphonograph.com. Tonight, a question pertaining to doing it for yourself. Not like that. Out of the gutter, tender darlings. It begins. I like to make things. I'm the reasonably adept at the spot of DIY. I find it soothing and satisfying to pass the time. The slight issue is that from the outside, I appear to be screaming and cursing like a sailor whose pox-riddled pecker has finally fallen onto the deck with a wet slap. I enjoy making things for my family and genuinely do like the process, but for some reason I can't get through it without bellowing and cursing, and something that those around me find at odds with my generally calm demeanour. It does not help that we sometimes watch videos of preternaturally calm fuckers turning out beautiful items with placid Buddha-like expressions. So help me, we will fix you. Help me not to call my screwdriver a wanker quite so much. Postscript. Whoever did the wiring in the lights before me did so with the grace and competence of a syphilitic baboon. So if you could fix them as well, that would be super. Okay, so um, this is interesting. You like doing the thing, you don't want to not do the thing, fair dues. Honestly, this feels like our home turf. This is just pure behavior modification. You do some shit with your mouth that you want to stop doing in the context of some behavior you're moderately comfortable with and there's some reward mechanisms and some people don't like it and blah, 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 blah. So we're going to either say something funny about the Milgram experiment or some kind of Pavlovian bollocks. Yeah, exactly. So anyone who's listened to the show before can just skip to the end when um, someone else says something much funnier than me. Cool. Great. Um, 
In line with our strong personal brand, I'm going to talk about a bullshit API-based solution to your problem. Now, um, you're swearing a lot. A lot of people don't like swearing. Those people are absolute cunts. But, you know, whatever, there is no inappropriate language. Swearing is big and clever. You're, you're all aware of my manifesto on this subject. Shut the fuck up about fucking swearing, you fucker. Now, some people do still want to police it. But there have been interesting attempts and technology-based attempts. So there's a there's a, a failed Kickstarter from earlier this year called um, Jargon, which was something that evolved out of uh, out of some people trying to build a swear jar for business jargon. Uh, made about ten percent of its target, but that was uh, like an IoT device that was supposed to detect jargon or arbitrary words you programmed into it in the room and like charge you money for it. And this was based off a thing that happened in um, 2017. Um, where someone for Comic Relief, it was actually a marketing agency called Grey London, built built an app that used the Google Speech Recognition API to build a, an intelligent swear box. And you set it up and it would debit you money every time it heard you swear. So there, there are lots of technological solutions to speech-to-text at the moment. Um, Speechmatics, for example, is really, really good. Um, but if you use that, you'd have to hand-roll the whole thing and write all of your business logic. And I don't really like having to write the entire business logic layer if I don't have to. If you can just plug together some off-the-shelf off APIs, it, it, it's much more simpler. So Google offer a speech-to-text API. So do, um, they call it cloud speech-to-text. Amazon offer one for Alexa, obviously, which is um, Amazon ASR, uh, Automatic Speech Recognition. Uh, they're, they're at the one pole of data privacy, they're sort of always listening, always recording, always spying on you. Um, Microsoft and Apple are at the other end, but they don't provide as um, handy a set of SDKs for some of this stuff. You can still do it with their offering this low speech text, but it doesn't come with all the pre-canned um, like bad words recognition that you get with like moralizing twats. The, the, the essential idea here is to build something that you can have in your home or while you're doing DIY. Maybe it's an Amazon Alexa widget, maybe it's a nebulous IoT device that will listen to you swear and charge you money when you do an automated swear box. The, the Google API has multi-language support and includes inappropriate content filtering because, you know, middle American pearl clutching. It's very reasonably priced. 60 minutes of speech processing for free and $0.006 per 15 seconds of speech processing after that. It's, it's, it's fine. Alexa ASR has, on the other hand, you can teach Alexa skills. You can buy a really cheap um, Echo Dot speaker widget and add Alexa skills. Uh, really, really good online tutorials, including one for how to build your own Alexa dot with a Raspberry Pi, which is an interesting approach to the business model, but what the fuck? It's a large organization, I imagine, left hand, right hand. Uh, both services also have pre-canned swear jar apps, but they have really, really bad ratings, like just review appallingly. The advantage of building your own is that you can really step up the conditioning. Um, a lot of the swear jar apps are like 20 pence a swear with a one pound a day cap. That's not realistic. I, I swear more than that over breakfast if I'm happy. What's wrong with these people? Anyway, you can have your own kind of protocols if you roll your own. So read the tutorials and work out how to use the speech-to-text APIs to search over your kind of nominal stock list of swears um, and set your own boundaries. Again, if you if you build your own, you can step up the conditioning. You could say start with a quid and double every time. So, and you get the voice agent to tell you how much. So by the time you, you, you're yelling like, cunt bubble, then it, it'll just sort of say, yes, that has just cost you 25 pounds. 
At this point, you might start to reconsider your choices about the kind of expression of anger. I mean, you shouldn't do this. Expressing your feelings is healthy, censoring swearing is stupid, and all the advice I'm giving you is telling you how to do something you should absolutely never do, but fuck it, you wrote in. Plus, with rolling your own and writing your own code against these APIs, you don't have to use their stop list, so, uh, especially if you're a creative swearer. So uh, a third-party app might let you get away with piss wizard or minge crust, but you know, you know the topology of your own potty mouth. You'll be able to pre-prime it with something. To make sure it really stings, though, here's the point. If you want to change your behavior, it's got to sting. Um, you've got to get that negative feedback. To make sure you really learn, you don't want that money going to something nice. You can't have it just debit to your savings account. If you're saving for a nice sofa or a trip to the seaside or a brand new sex hoist, you're basically rewarding yourself further along. You're, you're doing the thing and then getting the reward later. It's clicker training. It's like fucking training a horse to jump over or whatnot. Whatever horses jump over, sex hoist perhaps. I don't know. This isn't my problem. You, you need the money to, to go somewhere truly obnoxious. And I do have a few ideas. Giving to charity will nominally make you feel better about weaponizing your swearing, but you want it to go to one you don't like. And there's a real tension here. So, for example, the Salvation Army, while doing genuinely good work, are proper twats to queer and trans people. So you could donate to them, safe in the knowledge that what you've done is some really suboptimal shit. You've helped some people, but really hurt some others. It's just kind of like being alive on a daily basis. Uh, you want to go harder? The, the American Family Association has campaigned against LGBT rights for ever. See also the Family Research Institute, focus on family, the National Organization of Marriage, any of these Christian-inflected hate groups that sound innocuous, promote conversion therapy, and generally want queer people to be dead. Again, in a vein of superficially benign-sounding organizations who are actually socially corrosive, frothing hate fountains, and a good deal closer to home for our podcast at least, there's the Taxpayers Alliance. You, you could set it up to auto-donate to them, at least then someone would know who at least one of their fucking donors was generally relentlessly trying to make the world a worse place, doing things like releasing press releases, saying that we shouldn't have teachers because demanding teachers wanting to be paid is, is, is somehow morally evil. Anyway, you could do that. Of course, if you do these things, you are making a massively net negative impact. So what I would suggest actually is something wafty and ineffectual rather than evil. Like fund something you'll regret funding, you'll feel bad when you hear you funded it but that doesn't make a net negative contribution to society. So like a, a church roof fund, or your old university's badly designed new library, or an animal sanctuary just far enough away that you'll keep meaning to go, but you'll never quite get to, and you'll always slightly regret it. Or, and then this is, I'm just, just floating this out here, why not pay Pallet till we will fix you? Which gives money to utter bellends that you'll resent, but we do kind of make a product that maybe you like, so you've, you've got some conflict there. But then if you just really want to feel bad about it, you're PayPaling it, so you're enriching Peter Thiel, which makes you a bad person. H.J. Doom. I think many of us can sympathise with people failing to grasp that fun doesn't always look that great to the observer. Sometimes it can look downright traumatic, I'm a gamer, which means from the outside, my recreation has a tendency to look like I've been possessed by some kind of foul-mouthed demon with a grudge against all of humanity. Which, now I come to think about it, is also what my idea of good sex looks like. Go figure. The obvious answer may seem to be to educate your friends and family so that they can look past the surface rage and see the whimsical pleasure beneath. There's a problem with that, though. Training your family to see the real you means giving them the skills to probe beneath the tissue of lies 
that allows you to project the pleasant fiction of a loving and functional member of society. Given that most relationships only remain functional because of the effort we put into hiding our true selves, I feel this can only end badly. What we need to do instead is change your relationship with your tools so that your nearest and dearest are no longer troubled by your apparent mental breakdown, allowing you to continue the important work of hiding your actual deep-rooted psychoses from the judgmental gaze of those who love you the most. What we're going to do is change your primary emotion towards your tools from those of rage to those of fear and guilt. What is the biggest repository of fear and guilt outside the advertising industry? Religion. You are going to become an animist. Animism, the belief that places and objects have spirits associated with them, has been a widely practiced form of belief, at least until societies realised that it was much more efficient to be afraid and guilty at the behest of a single god rather than many. Shinto, the folk religion of Japan, retains many animist qualities, so that could be a source of inspiration. But the core premise of animism is actually quite simple. You just need to start believing that you are surrounded at all times by an unseen host of terrifying demons that must be placated at all costs if they're to be prevented from unleashing hideous judgment upon you. That hammer is no longer a mere tool but a vessel containing unfathomable horrors. That screwdriver is capable of cursing your family to an eternity of soul-shuddering nightmares in a land of screaming ghosts, if you fail to show it the proper respect. With a bit of practice, you'll find that you no longer want to swear at your tools, but instead want to anoint them with sacred oils and pour out libations in their honour. DIY will now be accomplished in sackcloth robes and a reverent silence. Perhaps you might build a black ziggurat in your back garden and use it to make unwholesome sacrifices under a gibbous moon while your family dance and sway in orgiastic exaltation to the blasphemous wailing of thin flutes. Use your imagination and have fun with it. Don't go too far though. If you find yourself strapping one of your less favoured children to an obsidian altar while shrieking invocations to a darkened sky, you've probably taken it too far. Archimedes famously said that given a large enough lever and a firm place to stand, he could move the world. On this podcast, we like to say that given a laptop, some illegally acquired prescription drugs, and a wild misunderstanding of the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis, we can change how your loved ones think. I'm assuming you've tried to reduce your swearing and your aggressive tone. You do mention that it's not actually representative of how you feel, so unfortunately it sounds like it's something that's embedded in there by your upbringing and uh, and so on. Really, your only recourse is to change how your partner perceives words and the world that the words describe. What you're going to do is you're going to Explore three routes, technological, chemical, and face-to-face. Again, I'm, I'm going to make an assumption that, as you say, you're, you're doing most of the DIY. Your partner, while I'm not going to assume complete ignorance, has a, a little less technical knowledge of tools and equipment to you. So what you're going to do is you're going to go properly dog-tooth. You're going 
to ingrain within yourself the habit of specificity in swear words so that you can look into that loved one's face and say, but darling, this is a fuck pipe. That's what this is called. What, what, what did you think one applies force to a nail with? What, what, what word have you been using? And just, you know, do the same thing. Cunt ravel, dick splash, fuck jemmy, piss socket. These can be spanners or allen keys, screwdrivers or spirit levels. This, however, is only one prong of your three-pronged attack. The chemical and digital levels are technically two prongs, but you're probably going to get best results if you use them at the same time. What you're going to do is you're going to take these YouTube videos that you say you watch with a calm-voiced person, and you're going to re-record them. And you're going to re-record them with the same calm wording, the same gentle, oh, and as you can see, we are cutting bits off the door with the door cheese grater thing that makes the door move more smoothly. And you're going to record that with exactly the same words, but with a hyper-aggressive tone and a lot of swearing. That cheese grater door thingy is going to be rabidly cheese grated. That door is going to move so fucking smooth. But not in a bro way, in a genuinely threatening murderer way. You do that. You keep that on your household server that I assume you have because of the way you talked about DIY. And what you're going to do is you're going to sneak into your partner's food some hyoceny. Hyoceny hydrobromide, to give it its full name, uh, made famous by being found in the corpse of Dr. Crippen's wife, and occasionally used by the KGB, but more often in the, the kind of knockoff KGB skinter Eastern Bloc states, secret services as a truth serum. Not because it actually makes people tell the truth, but it produces a confused impressionability that's really what you're looking for here. And basically, you're going to do this until it works. You're going to do this over a series of weeks. You're going to create for your own convenience a human being who genuinely believes that uh, that level of aggression in your tone is a neutral event and who accepts that level of swearing as just a thing that happens when a person does DIY around the house. Essentially, over the course of about six weeks, you're going to aim to replicate in your partner what your parents did for you. I think that leaves us all in a solid condition. Yeah. Thoroughly fixed. And if you would like something similar, if you would like to be 
gently inculcated into the ways of fixing. Why not write to us at we will fix you show at gmail.com or submit anonymously at hauntedphonograph.com our little holiday home on the internet. Ta-ta! I'm a heterosexual. <laughs>